48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines. Beijing amends two basic law annexes to pave the way for sweeping electoral changes in Hong Kong. New LegCo elections will be held in December. That'll see the number of directly elected seats half to 20. And a new vetting body made up of government ministers will vet all candidates for LegCo and chief executive. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says a new committee to vet candidates for LegCo will consist of several experienced government ministers. They'll work to ensure that only people deemed to be patriots can run after receiving input from the police and the Committee for Safeguarding National Security, which she heads. This is part of sweeping reforms to Hong Kong's electoral system that Beijing has imposed. Francis said first takes a look at the new hurdles to be introduced. Under amendments to basic law analysis imposed by Beijing, national security police officers will run background checks on would-be election candidates to determine how patriotic they are, before passing their findings to the Committee for Safeguarding National Security, which is headed by the CE. This committee would then give its opinions to a new vetting body called the Candidate Eligibility Review Committee, which will be comprised of some experienced government ministers. Their decisions on the eligibility of candidates will be final and cannot be subject to judicial review. Carol Lam stressed that the police won't be directly screening out candidates. They are only conducting review. They are doing the fact-finding. She also stressed that pan-democrats who passed the vetting process are welcome to run for public office, and one man, one vote remains the ultimate goal. The ultimate purpose of universal suffrage is still there. It has not been changed. Mrs Lam said the changes would improve Hong Kong's electoral system and mitigate the excessive politicization of society, giving the government the space it needs to develop the economy and improve the lives of Hong Kong people. The next LegCo elections will be held in December to return a new-look council that will be split into three groups instead of two and include 90 members instead of 70. As Joanne Wong reports, the biggest change is the introduction of 40 new seats to be chosen by the election committee, while the number of directly elected seats will be halved. Work will begin almost immediately to amend local laws to pave the way for the LegCo election in December. First, the election committee that currently chooses the chief executive will be revamped and expanded, with elections for the 1,500-member body to take place in September. 117 district councillors will be kicked out, and anyone who wants to run for LegCo would need to receive at least 10 nominations from the committee, with two from each sector at a minimum. Election committee members can themselves also run for LegCo, though they would lose their right to vote. The council would essentially be divided into three groups. The 40 seats to be chosen by the election committee via its secret ballot, 30 functional constituent seats selected by special interest groups, and 20 to be selected by ordinary voters, down from the current 35. Gone too would be the five so-called district council super seats, which were popularly elected. And after the LegCo elections in December, the same committee will be back in action in March to choose the next chief executive. To ensure all this gets done on time, lawmakers will be holding extra meetings and will have to go without their summer break. Foreign Ministry spokesperson Hua Chunying says the electoral changes will result in a brighter future for Hong Kong. The improvement of the electoral system of the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region is a step-by-step development that conforms to Hong Kong's restricted order and to the actual situation of Hong Kong. 
It's conducive to improving the effectiveness of community governance, safeguarding Hong Kong's fundamental interests and long-term development. We believe that the new SAR election system will further improve Hong Kong's political, social, legal and business environment. Hong Kong will usher in a brighter future. And pro-establishment lawmakers say the changes will eliminate loopholes in the electoral system that have been exploited by anti-China forces. Here's DAB chairwoman Starry Lee. We believe that with that changes, Hong Kong will become better and it is good for the one country and two system. And my future plan, I think I cannot answer you right now. Uh, The most important thing now, we have to work uh, in this council to make sure that the local legislation can implement uh, as soon as uh, possible and so that the three coming election can be carried out smoothly. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. The chairman of the Democratic Party, Lokin Hay, says his party has yet to decide whether it will take part in the coming elections, but he told RTHK it's clear that the electoral changes have erased all democratic progress achieved since the handover in one fell swoop. The fact that popularly elected legislative council, the proportion of that will be largely reduced, and instead they fill in some members from the election committee which are not representatives of the Hong Kong people. And they're even changing the way the election committee is elected. So I think overall the changes were some backsteps that put all those progress that we had in the past 20-odd years behind. Political commentator Chung Kim Wah, meanwhile, says the police are effectively being given a role in vetting political candidates by carrying out background checks on election hopefuls. He says this is more emblematic of a police state than a democracy. Uh, I don't think so, because if you look into what the government has done in the last two months, it seems that the government is trying to do everything to make the political member not able to run for any committee, for any offices uh, from the government or even to run a campaign in Hong Kong. So I don't think that uh, even with those, some beautiful and, and rosy saying by the CE department, it, it, it seems that there is no, no, not much room for the people from Pan Democrat to run for election in the near future at least. And even for the longer term, because they have to subject themselves to, to screening, by the election committee or even by the National Security Commission. Dr Chung also says the electoral changes will set Hong Kong back decades and says Carrie Lam is wrong in thinking that the reforms will make the SCR easier to govern. Hong Kong people's aspiration for a more democratic political situation have been high and have been long-lasting. So this move is not going to grant any additional legitimacy to the government. In the future, when all people representing people's will are not able to go into office or to become members in the legislature, the legitimacy or the credibility of any policy made by the government is not going to be high, and it makes it even more difficult for the government to lead Hong Kong or to get the cooperation and recognition of Hong Kong people. So, in a, in, at least in the next 10 or 20 years, I don't think that uh, the government is going to be easier in running Hong Kong. To other news now, and the Centre for Health Protection has reported seven new coronavirus infections for the day. There was one local case that's linked to a previously confirmed patient, as well as six imported cases. Despite the recent drop in COVID-19 infections, Health Secretary Sophia Chan says Hong Kong still isn't ready to drastically relax its infection control measures. She says the government does not want everyone's efforts in fighting the virus to be in vain, as Jimmy Choi reports. 
The Secretary for Food and Health insisted reopening beaches and swimming pools and easing capacity restrictions at cinemas and theme parks before the Easter holiday adjust adjustments focused on low-risk premises. If we allow everything to return to normal 100%, there will certainly be risks, she told an RTHK program. Professor Chan says the government would look at the overall virus situation and the risks of further relaxation before deciding when to reopen more premises such as bars. We understand that it's not the sum industry has not been working hard enough in the past. I understand that industries are doing the best, hoping to resume their businesses. This is something the government has to consider as a whole, she says. The health chief also urged people to get vaccinated as soon as possible, saying this could help the city fight the pandemic and bring life back to normal. An expert committee looking into medical incidents following COVID vaccination says it found no direct link between the jabs and six of the deaths. One of the cases involves a 55-year-old woman whose full autopsy didn't reveal any immunological reaction from the vaccinations. The committee also said it had studied local mortality figures for the causes of death for those patients and had found no unusual patterns. It has already concluded that there was no causal relationship between the vaccines and two earlier deaths. Other cases are still being looked into. 13 people have died so far to be vaccinated. Carrie Lam says she's standing by the director of broadcasting after controversial decisions by RTHK to pull episodes of several programmes at the last minute. Chief Executive says Patrick Lee has been doing what she expects of the station's chief editor, Vicky Wong, with the story. Both pro-establishment and pro-democracy figures have raised concerns about RTHK's move to pull a number of programmes since Mr Lee took office on March the 1st, citing biased views and inaccuracies. The chief executive was asked before the weekly executive council meeting if the director of broadcasting is in some kind of overkill mode and whether the public are losing out amid claims of censorship. Mrs Lamb brushed aside those concerns. Whether as a government department or a public broadcaster, RTHK has to follow rules and regulations and guidelines. And particularly in RTHKs, they have signed a charter, not only with the government, but also with the broadcasting authority. The CE said Mr Lee, as the editor-in-chief of RTHK, must make sure programmes are in line with the law and the station's charter. It is for us all, including the director of broadcasting, to make sure that the rules and regulations in the charter uh, are being followed. Whatever programmes that come out of RTHK that are not fulfilling or bridging those rules and regulations or even bridging the law, then the director of broadcasting has to be held responsible. That's why he has to be very cautious and I have to recognise what he has done. Since taking office, he has been very conscientious and doing exactly what I expect from a chief editor of RTHK. RTHK says the decisions to pull those programmes were taken by an editorial panel comprising the Director of Broadcasting and Management. And on the way forward, the panel would check on controversial programmes during production and enable editors to ensure programmes comply with the RTHK Charter and Producers' Guidelines. The MPF Schemes Authority says the amount of money taken out of pension pots by people leaving Hong Kong for good surged to a record high in the third quarter of last year. New figures show $1.7 billion was taken out of the system during the July-September quarter, up 22% from the same period in 2019. Retail sales snapped a 24-month downward streak and surged 30% in value in February compared to the same period last year. 
But authorities say this is largely due to the timing of the Lunar New Year, along with a low base of comparison. The government says it expects the retail sector to continue to face a difficult business environment because of the freeze in inbound tourism. At least eight more people have been killed in Myanmar's largest city, Yangon, as the security forces continue trying to stamp out protests against the military coup. Video footage appears to show soldiers firing a heavier calibre weapon than usual towards demonstrators crouching behind sandbags. Pro-democracy protesters have been piling rubbish on main streets across the country as part of what they call a garbage strike. The murder trial of the former policeman Derek Chauvin has resumed a day after it opened in the US city of Minneapolis. Mr Chauvin is accused of killing George Floyd by kneeling on his neck for more than nine minutes. He denies the charges. BBC's Gary O'Donoghue is at the courthouse. What we'll see at the beginning of this morning's proceedings is Donald Williams back on the stand. Uh, that mixed martial arts expert, uh, professional, uh, ex-professional wrestler, he will be back on the stand uh, going through his evidence, his eyewitness evidence. The interesting thing about this whole trial is we don't know what comes next. We, we don't get published lists of, of witnesses. Uh, we, we'll see as it unfolds. But the big question, of course, is will Derek Chauvin himself uh, take the stand? At this stage, it's clear that the defence haven't, simply haven't made their mind up on that one. Japan's traditional cherry blossom season has peaked in the city of Kyoto at the earliest date since records began more than 1,200 years ago. It's BBC's Paddy Maguire. Data collected by Osaka University shows that this closely watched sign of spring reached its high point on March the 26th. Kyoto's transition from winter has been unusually warm this season. Records on the peak blooming date go back to the year 812, gathered by emperors, monks, aristocrats and governors in imperial court documents and diaries. Scientists say a pattern of increasingly early flowerings in recent decades is likely to be the result of climate change. The appearance of the blossoms is regarded as highly significant in Japan, both economically and culturally. Sport and football and Manchester City striker Sergio Aguero is set to leave the Premier League leaders when his contract runs out at the end of the season. BBC's John Murray has more. In his decade at Manchester City, Sergio Aguero has become one of the finest foreign players to grace the English game. A true great at his club, where he's the record scorer, he'll forever be remembered for the goal he scored almost right at the very end of his first season in Manchester that dramatically won City the league title for the first time for 44 years. Aguero's 32 now, has played in only 14 matches this season, and his departure will fuel speculation that his replacement will be one of the hottest goal-scoring prospects around the 20-year-old Norwegian Erling Haaland, whose father played for Manchester City. That's the news from RTHK. The government is providing free COVID-19 vaccination for all residents. Priority groups include those who are highly susceptible to infection or have increased risk. You can book online. Vaccination is being offered at community vaccination centers in 18 districts, hospitals, and designated clinics in phases. Outreach service at care homes is also provided. Protect yourself and others. Get vaccinated. Book at covidvaccine.gov.hk.
Started for the second hour of the late show for this Tuesday evening, Wednesday morning, the 30th of March 2021. I'm Simon Wilson. That, of course, is Broke or Harm, a whiter shade of pale. I'm sitting in for the world's most durable DJ. Uncle Ray is perfectly safe and sound. He's sheltering in place during this current COVID spike and will return as soon as it's safe to do so. In the meantime, playing the music of the 50s and 80s for another 10 minutes. Then we're going to slow things down with some assorted ballads and easy listening. Take us all the way through till one. If there's something you'd like to hear, 233 is the number. 